Today on the Inside Scoop, we're talking about the Gators' most important recruiting targets. Sam Spiegelman has scooped from this past weekend's New Orleans battle seven on seven. But first, we're starting with recruiting prediction machine trends. You see, the recruiting prediction machine is the industry's first algorithm and machine-based learning product to predict where athletes will attend college. Now, we had a dead period recently. We're out of it on March 1st, and visits are taking place again. So we have a few changes on the RPM that I want to talk about. First up, Edge Dylan Stewart. He's the number one overall prospect for On3 out of Washington, D.C. He only visited UGA in January, but last weekend he was at Bama, and the RPM machine is trending heavily in the tide's favor. 78% right now. Second place, you see South Carolina with only 5%. Ohio State on there as well. Now, you wonder how teams are going to recruit against Alabama. They try. One of the things that they use in recruiting against Alabama is the fact that they call them boring. Now, I don't know what constitutes boring, but to me, winning is not boring. And Dylan Stewart had a chance to go check out Alabama, and here's what he said. Everyone on the outside makes it seem like Alabama is boring, and it's really not. It was more exciting and more fun than I thought it would be. They give you a full plan and make you feel like you're destined to make it as long as you follow the plan. Sounds like a pretty good recruiting pitch to me, but if you are going to recruit against Bama, I guess you got to just call them boring. So Joseph Hastings dropped a prediction for Alabama after the visit. That's one reason why the RPM is picked up in Alabama's favor. But it's not done. Dylan Stewart has a busy spring schedule ahead. Like I said, he visited Alabama last weekend, but he has trips in the month of March to, to Michigan, March 24th, Ohio State, March 31st, he'll be back at Georgia, and then we go to the month of April. He's not done. Penn State, South Carolina, Colorado, Oregon, and Tennessee. So we'll check back in with this RPM because it could change after this string of visits. Let's move to another five-star prospect, wide receiver Mike Matthews out of the state of Georgia. He's the number three-ranked wide receiver in the country, the number six overall prospect. And as you can see, Clemson, 32%, trending on the RPM. Georgia in there, Tennessee, Alabama round out the four, as you can see here. But I think watch out for Tennessee. I know Clemson has the lead now, and they're in on him. They've gotten him on campus already, but that Jalen Hyatt effect at Tennessee. Josh Heupel, he's out there looking for stud wide receivers. Mike Matthews, one of the best in the country, and they got a shot at him. Now that hoops is over, I expect Mike Matthews to hit the road. He has upcoming official visits planned to USC. I think he'll take one to Tennessee. And then you got to watch Clemson, UGA, Ohio State. They're all contenders also to get official visits in the summer. All right, let's bring on Sam Spiegelman. Now that you're on here, Sam, I want to talk about the number two defensive lineman in the country out of IMG Academy, David Stone. He's been trending toward Miss Michigan State, not Mississippi State, Michigan State. <laughs> but there's a battle taking place. What do you think of the RPM to Michigan State right now? Yeah, I think that that one is, is one that we're going to have to watch. He's about to head back to East Lansing later this month, but that'll be a pivotal visit. We know that in January... Michigan State lost their defensive line coach to Georgia Tech, Mark Mario Coleman. They just lost Brandon Jordan, their pass rush specialist, the lead recruiter for David Stone to the Seattle Seahawks. 
Um, obviously, Mel Tucker is still there, and he, he has the ability to hire new assistant coaches that are going to work um, extremely quickly. And obviously, Mel Tucker is going to shoulder a lot of the workload in recruiting David Stone. They've built up such a great momentum with the elite lineman from originally from Oklahoma City. He's been a, at IMG going into on to his second season. Um, but now there, there seems to be a little bit more competition in the form of Oklahoma. He's visited LSU. He's gone to A&M. He's checking out some other SEC schools. Um, but I, at the end of the day, Michigan State is still in this, but they have to pick up the pieces after two of their defensive line coaches are now off to other places. Yeah, and OU getting a helping hand in, in recruiting by Gerald McCoy, the former defensive tackle, <laughs> the legend that went to Oklahoma, had a great NFL career, but he is actually recruiting David Stone. Do you think the Sooners have a good shot? Yeah, I think that if, if you took – Brandon Jordan and Mario Coleman out of the equation for Michigan State. Oklahoma has and, and continue will be the, the, the other team involved with David Stone. He's an Oklahoma native, as I said. Um, he's been being recruited by Oklahoma since Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch were there. And um, with Brent Venables, with Todd Bates, with Miguel Chavis, this is a defensive lineman's dream to be recruited by Oklahoma with so much um, of a coaching staff presence along the front seven. So I think this is now Oklahoma's race to kind of step in and really move forward and he's going to visit oklahoma he's back home for spring break um this month and and that visit will ultimately loom pretty large as he hopes to make a decision before his senior season yeah let's stick with the five-star defensive lineman theme now williams winary you were actually able to see him in new orleans over the weekend he's the number one defensive lineman in america the number seven overall prospect in the country and oklahoma is trending and sam you might have a reason for this I'm jumping on the board. I, I put my pick in on Sunday night, and and listen, it's it's for obvious reasons. We just talked about it with David Stone, but Oklahoma has three coaches devoted to their front seven on their on their coaching staff, and they have multiple GAs um, fixated working exclusively with defensive linemen, trying to create a a team and a, a roster built from the trenches on out under Brent Venables. That's his style. Um, Williams Noweri has been to Oklahoma. I think it's been his fifth visit last weekend. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he just he, he just visited LSU. He just visited Tennessee. He's still going to go see Georgia this weekend. Um, he's expected to go to A&M at the beginning of April, and he's going to go out to Colorado, Josh, and, and take on the Colorado spring game and meet Deion Sanders in person and see what they're all about. Um, right now, I like where Oklahoma sits. Familiarity breeds comfortability. He's been there quite a bit, and they're recruiting him. It's close. Missouri is close to Oklahoma, that Midwest feel. I think Oklahoma is the team to beat, though it's still very early for Williams. Yeah, very early. Still some visits left on the board for the number one defensive lineman in America. Now let's move on to four-star cornerback Charles Lester. He's the number three corner, number 21 overall prospect. FSU jumped into the lead a few days ago. What are you hearing on this recruitment? Yeah, I've also updated my picture. pick. I, I had a pick on Alabama last year during his junior season. Um, we, we've talked about this at length. He is a top priority for schools like Florida State like Alabama, like Georgia. That's Mike Norvell, Kirby Smart, and Nick Saban saying this is the top corner on our board. You know, he's a Sarasota kid. Um, he's been to Florida State more than any other campus, and he was just back this weekend. He got a chance to sit down with Pat Sertan, the new Seminoles DB coach. He's already had familiarity with Tallahassee. Listen, he still has some big visits ahead. He's going to see Georgia again. He's going to see Alabama again. He's going to see Ohio State again, which is definitely a team to watch with Charles Lester. But I think Florida State has built up enough momentum with the in-state corner. He's a top priority for this team. They're hoping to get him on board sooner than later. I, I like where Florida State stands. The competition is still there, but I like the in-state school for, for Lester right here. 
Yeah, Charles Lester damn near committed to FSU over the weekend. Here's what he said to Warchan afterward, quote, I want to say it and just do it, but I'm not going to rush it. Right now I'm feeling it, meaning the timeline, is speeding up the way I feel about this place. I've really been committed to this place. Time-wise, I'm probably just going to wait it out. Sounds to me to like sure he knows it. where he's going. And he just wants to be sure about it. He's, he's Hey, when you're a, a top 50 player in the country and you have all the offers in the world and you just want to be sure and you have the ability to visit all these schools and be confident in your decision. Listen, it's the beginning of March. Uh, Florida State is trending on the RPM. Sounds from his interviews that Florida State is trending publicly. But listen, he still has to sit in front of Kirby Smart and say, I'm going to Florida State. And he has to tell Nick Saban the same thing. So it will be difficult. It will be arduous. But, you know, it looks like Florida State is trending in the right direction with Charles Lester. Yeah, it looks like FSU almost has this one locked up right now. But if there's one program that can bust an RPM, it would be the Georgia Bulldogs. So I think they're the team to watch in this one. Sam, let's move to you were in New Orleans over the weekend at the Battle 7-on-7 seven seven event. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the scoop coming out of that. Uh, you talked to a couple quarterbacks, one of them being four-star QB CJ Carr, who's committed to Notre Dame. Um, I wanted to talk to you. It's early in the cycle. Is he solid or going to take visits? Which one? Yes and yes. Um, <laughs> obviously, we know he made an early commitment to Notre Dame. He did so under offensive coordinator Tommy Reese. And he's also, I believe, he's, he's re-enrolled. And he's, gonna, now, he's now the face of Notre Dame's 2024 class. This was Notre Dame's big move by Marcus Freeman when Dante Moore started to slip out of state last year. Um, and, and I still feel good about C.J. Carr sticking with Notre Dame. Obviously, Tommy Reese is now at Alabama. That's a huge hit to his recruitment. But, you know, when, when, when quarterbacks go quiet when they're committed, it, it leads to a lot of, you know, speculation. Um, from, from talking to C.J., it felt like, you know, it's a lot going on, a lot of moving pieces. He's tried to, he tried to commit to not focus so much on his recruitment. So then when you throw a, a coaching change in here, you know, it leads to thinking. He's, he obviously understands that college football is a business. He wishes nothing but the best for Tommy Reese at Alabama, but I think that he's starting to get comfortable. Um, he's starting to build a relationship with Notre Dame's new offensive coordinator. I think he committed to Notre Dame as a program, and he really, really, really likes Marcus Freeman and the way he's handled everything in his recruitment. Um, he is taking visits. He, he was just at LSU. Um, he's going to go to A&M next month. He's got a couple more he's going to take with his seven-on-seven -seven team. As he put it in his own words, you know, he's a good teammate. He's building chemistry with his friends and seven-on-seven -seven teammates. He's going along for the ride. Um, but he, is, he told me he is not looking at this as, as a recruit going to A&M or LSU or um, some of the other visits that are going to take place. I think this is Notre Dame's quarterback of the future. I think that right now the, the water looks a little bit murky, but I think he just has to get back on campus and start really getting um, comfortable with Notre Dame's new play caller. All right. So CJ Carr, solid for now. Moving on to four-star quarterback <laughs> Michael Van Buren. He's uncommitted. He's out of St. Francis Academy in Maryland. He's one of these top 20 QBs that still remains uncommitted. You got Penn State, Rutgers, Oregon all involved. What was he saying out there at the New Orleans battle seven-on-seven? Seven? Right now, it feels like Maryland and, and Mike Loxley have kind of dug in with the, the local quarterback, and I think they're doing a really good job. I'm not ready to put a pick in 
for Maryland because there's a lot of big steps yet um, still to go for this top 20 quarterback. But um, Mike Loxley has really changed the culture around the DMV and, and four-star quarterbacks, blue-chip quarterbacks like Michael Van Buren are giving a lot of consideration to Maryland. Virginia Tech has been coming on very strong lately with Van Buren. He noted that he might be taking a visit because they're coming on so strong and he wants to check out Blacksburg. Ohio State and Oregon are two more to watch, along with Penn State. He's, he's heading up to Ohio State a little bit later this spring. That'll be a big visit because Ohio State has not offered too many quarterbacks since Dylan Rayola reopened his process. Seems like they're kind of fixated on Van Buren as well as Air Nolan from Georgia. Seems like those are the two that they're evaluating at the moment. And then Oregon and Penn State have been coming hard for the St. Francis quarterback. I think he's expected to get to Oregon at some point this spring. He's been to Penn State already. I like where Maryland stands, but there's a lot of dominoes still in play with Van Buren. Yeah, I think if, if Mike Loxley's going to have success at Maryland. Ultimately, he's got to get the top players in the DMV, especially a quarterback like a Michael Van Buren. So we'll see if they can finish there. Uh, you mentioned four-star quarterback Air Nolan out of the state of Georgia. I know he wasn't at the New Orleans battle seven-on-seven, seven, but I wanted there's a major development over the weekend. He was offered by Clemson. So he's one of the top uncommitted QBs. He's the number four ranked QB by on three. He goes to Clemson, gets offered, but he has another big visit coming up, and that's to Ohio State later this month. What do you think is happening with Air Nolan's recruitment? Probably the, the recruitment that fans of quarterback dominoes need to pay attention because I think Air mm -hmm. Nolan's decision will have a trickle-down effect on the rest of the quarterbacks that are still, you know, half of the quarterbacks in the country are still uncommitted. Clemson has had a bad string of luck, and they've kind of zeroed in on Air Nolan at this point after missing on Lagway. Jaden Davis is still uncommitted, but he seems to be trending away from Clemson toward Michigan and Tennessee. Um, and they just missed on Walker White to Auburn. I, I love the offer to Air Nolan. I think he fits Clemson perfectly. Um, and then he was just on campus. He's had a relationship with Clemson for a good chunk of time. We know how Clemson operates with offers, especially at the quarterback position. But Ohio State has been coming really hard. They've been recruiting him as if he has an offer. They picked up the conversation very quickly after Dylan Rayola decommitted. Um, and he's going to be at in Columbus for the Ohio State spring game. They have not yet offered. I, like I said, I think they're evaluating Van Buren, they're evaluating Nolans, um, and both of those quarterbacks are expected to be on campus. So yeah, you can, you know, Clemson is, is it, they have a history with, with Georgia quarterbacks, don't get me wrong, but, and, and while I like where they sit overall, I think that Ohio State, I think that there's a, a lot of other factors in the mix with Air Nolans, Texas A&M, Alabama. So it's no lock that he's gonna wind up at Clemson just yet. Yeah, I think he's going to want to take that Ohio State visit, see what happens there. He'll probably narrow his list down. And I think we'll probably see a final decision from Air Nolan in, in April, maybe May at the latest. But I think he's he's really coming down to it. All right, let's get these quarterbacks out of here. Time to talk wide receiver Cam Coleman, top 100. He's an on three outlier. We like him more than the rest of the industry, have him ranked as the number four wide receiver in the country. And he took two important visits over the weekend. He went to FSU and LSU. He's a product of Alabama. You caught up with him at the seven on seven. What's the latest on his recruitment? Called him an, out, an on three outlier. And I got to say, we are right about Cam Coleman. He was in the discussion as on three's MVP over the weekend. And it was a it was a 1A, 1B situation with Jaden Riddell, the number one tight end in the country. That being said, Cam Coleman visited Florida State and LSU on Friday. Two really big visits. He really raved about the reception he got from Mike Norvell and the Florida State staff when he showed up on Friday morning. He said it was something that he had never seen before in his recruitment. And I think he's a pretty modest superstar kind of recruit. 
So I think that is a is a real wrinkle to pay attention to. He visited LSU and he's had a relationship with Cortez Hankton, who's who won a national championship over at Georgia a couple of years ago. Um, they've been forming a relationship with m- members of that LSU staff for several years. And moving forward, he has two visits that he's really looking forward to, Clemson and Penn State. Penn State is really trying to make some noise in Alabama, um, and they've definitely caught Cam's attention. But I'd really watch um, this Clemson visit he's got coming up later this month. Clemson had, you know, half of Clemson's coaches are, are originally from the state of Alabama, including the head coach, Davo Sweeney, and as well as Tyler Grisham, the wide receivers coach. And, and Grisham might um, along with Auburn, might be in the best spot in terms of forging relationships with Coleman at this point. Um, he doesn't yet have the Clemson offer, but I expect that to change as soon as he steps foot on campus. And from there, it, it seems like Clemson will really assert itself in the mix with his elite receiver from Alabama. Did he mention when he wants to make a final decision? I don't think he's in any rush. I mean, I think he finished his, I think he won a basketball state championship about a week ago at this time. He's just diving into these visits. It's a lot of to- a lot of firsts and second times on these campuses. Um, I think he's trying to figure out who is really in the mix, who is going to be in the mix for official visits. And I can see this recruitment going a little bit deeper into the fall. All right. Another recruitment that's picking up steam is four-star cornerback Wardell Mack out of Louisiana. He's the number five ranked corner by on three. And this weekend he was offered by UF. What's the latest on his recruitment and who's the teams to beat here? Yeah, Wardell Mack, a, a top 25 cornerback out of New Orleans. He was, this was a, a, home t- a home tournament for him. Um, he just got an offer from Florida over this past week, but um, look at that staff. Corey Raymond, Jabbar Jaluk, and Billy Napier are all guys from Louisiana, very familiar with this landscape of recruiting, and they, they've been talking to him for over a year. The offer was just a formality, and he's going to head to campus on April 8th for the first time. It'll be his first visit to the Swamp, and he's definitely jacked up about that. Um, also, he scheduled his first visit to Texas, which, like LSU, like Florida, like Alabama, has been in the mix with Wardell, one of his first offers um, as an underclassman. And Terry Joseph made noise getting Derek Williams, the five-star safety from Louisiana last year. We also got Arch Manning from New Orleans. Um, and, and Terry Joseph and Steve Sarkeesian visited Wardell Mack at his high school back in January. So this will be a big visit for Wardell. I think he's going to bring his teammate, who's an LSU commit, Kyrie Lee, to visit Texas in April. Um, they are working hard to make noise in the boot. Um, and these visits do loom large because Wardell Mack is, is expected to have a decision made by the end of July, by the beginning of August. Um, Florida, Texas are already trending for official visits. These spring visits will kind of affirm that for him, along with LSU, um, along with Ole Miss. And then he's going to have a decision made. I like where LSU sits with the hometown DB, but these other schools are pushing hard to, to keep him from doing that. And he hasn't made a decision, which means he's keeping his mind open. All right, Sam, before I let you go, we're seeing all these visits take place in March, but where are the commitments at? When are we going to start seeing some big names coming off the board? Well, you know, and if you're a quarterback, if you're a fan of quarterbacks, I would think, you know, I think you said it earlier, April, May, June, by June, these quarterbacks are going to be off the board. I kind of see a lot of these summer commitments popping up. I think, you know, July 4th is essentially the, the mid-year national signing day. Um, where you have double-digit commitments throughout the, the day. Um, that's when the summer official visits are now. That's, you know, if you're taking official visits in the summer, that means you want to have a decision made before your senior season. Um, I think the summer has kind of become the new trendy time to commit. You have a few here and there during visits, visit, visit highs, or if you've been leaning toward a school for a while. But I think in the summer, you, you've taken your spring visits, you're on campus for your official, you know, the red carpet is laid out, you're sitting in the coach's office, they're trying to get you to commit get it done before your senior year to focus on your grades and your season. 
Um, and then, you know, we'll, 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 we'll still be talking about a few of these elite kids going deep into uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas for sure. All right, Sam. Well, I can't wait for the fireworks. Thanks for joining the Inside Scoop today. Last year, the Florida Gators were trending toward a top five class over the summer, but they struggled on the field last fall, and Billy Napier finished outside the top 10 at number 11 in 2023. This year, though, in 2024 cycle, the Gators are in the top three. I'm bringing on Corey Bender of Gators Online to talk about the Gators' most important targets in 24. We got five-star wide receiver Jeremiah Smith, five-star offensive tackle Jonathan Daniels, five-star edge Elijah Rushing, four-star wide receiver Chance Robinson, and four-star DB Jordan Pride. So let's start with the number one wide receiver in the country, Jeremiah Smith. He's committed to Ohio State, but Corey, why is he so important to the Gators class right now? I just think you look at him. I mean, he's a Sunshine State kid, number one ranked wide receiver. I know Florida did a really good job last cycle at wide receiver, but you can never have enough of those, you know, big time playmakers. And the thing right now is, is Florida is their wide receivers coach. You know, Kerry Colbert played a big role in pursuing him before. All in all, besides Georgia, I think it's going to be tough flipping him from Ohio State. It's not going to be easy for any school, but you can tell right now that the absence of wide receivers coach really played a huge role in where Florida kind of sits in his mind. So he was going to visit in the spring. That's put on hold right now. But I, I think overall, when it comes to these schools outside of Ohio State, Florida was one of those schools on the short list that he was giving an honest look to. And like I know before, it's going to be really difficult flipping him. Uh, but Florida was still in the mix. They've got multiple visits last year. They're going to get him on campus this spring. And right now, I'm going to kind of hit a halt because of with Florida not having a wide receivers coach. Hey, keep getting them on campus and anything can happen. Another one that the Gators have gotten on campus and are going to see what could happen with it is five-star offensive tackle Jonathan Daniels. He was in Gainesville in the past week. He's the number one rated offensive tackle on on threes out of Pensacola. He's been a big riser in the rankings. Also, a lot of college programs taking notice of him as well. The Gators being one of them. Where did the, where did the Gators stand with Jonathan Daniels? I would say right now they're probably in that top five range. It's still pretty early. I mean, you kind of look at his ranking, number one offensive tackle on three. Florida just offered him a month ago. Um, the same, I think it was Miami as well. So you look at that, you're like, why did they offer so late? But a lot of schools were kind of in that same mix. He's a big riser, like you said. Um, and I think right now he's he admitted to Chad Simmons recently. He's feeling a lot of pressure. He's feeling, you know, it's a, it went, he went from a mid-four-star prospect who was getting a lot of attention so now, hey, you're the number one offensive tackle in the country. So I think he's just taking it day by day. Uh, a lot of schools are on his short list, and Florida being one of them. And they definitely made a really strong impression. He's supposed to come back here in the spring. And it would be pretty surprising if Florida didn't receive an official visit. I know those relationships are still fairly new. But Florida's definitely heavily in the mix there. I, I would say right now, maybe Florida State has the most momentum with them just because they've been recruiting them much longer than a lot of these other big-time programs that have entered the mix in recent months. So I, I think right now it's kind of a wait-and-see with them. But, you know, a lot of schools still have a, a realistic shot at landing him. I just think it's going to be kind of a waiting process to really kind of see with his official visits. Yeah, LSU involved in that one as well, but looking like a UF-FSU battle right now. Five-star edge Elijah Rushing. Let's move on to him. Six foot six, 225 pounds out of Tucson, Arizona. How did the Gators get involved in this recruitment? Well, you know, his dad's George Rushing, played tight end for Florida. Um, and then his, his brother actually worked on in Florida, too. So 
it, it's it's a very interesting situation. His brother Cruz walked on in Florida, but now he's at Arizona. You know, they're from Tucson, so that's the hometown school. And I think if he leaves the West Coast, I think Florida is viewed as the most realistic spot for him. Just based off he's visited several times, he's going to come back in the spring, in the in the summer, excuse me, for an official visit. But I think his brother transferring to Arizona, where I think he's had a better shot at playing. You know, it's a hometown school, and it'll be, if Arizona can somehow reel him in, I mean, that's a, that's a mat, one of the biggest commitments I think they would would have had in a long time. So I think right now it's I think Florida had more momentum. I would say several months ago, and then once his brother transferred, I think it was in late January. That kind of put a fork in everything as far as where's Florida going to finish. Where's Florida going to finish long term? So we'll we'll see. Yo, know, Miami got on my campus here in March. You know, schools are in the mix too. You got Notre Dame um, heavily pursuing him. Yeah, that'd be a big pickup on the defensive line for the Gators. Let's move on to four-star wide receiver Chance Robinson out of St. Thomas Aquinas down there in Fort Lauderdale. He's a top 100 wide receiver. Where do the Gators stand with Chance Robinson? It's kind of in the same mix like Jeremiah Smith. Florida's still heavily on his radar. You know, one of the biggest things he mentions is Der- uh, Derek Lagway. You know, having a, a big-time quarterback in the class is for him. He said, hey, I'm a big-time wide receiver, but, you know, a really good elite quarterback makes you even better. So the presence of him obviously being as massive for, uh, you know, for them getting, possibly getting Robinson. But when we spoke to him a few weeks ago, we said Georgia, Auburn, and uh, yeah, Georgia, Auburn, there's one other school. They said are definitely going to get official visits from them. Uh, Penn State's the third one. So Florida's kind of, I'm not going to say on the outside looking in, they just need to get them on campus. It was the same thing. When they carry Colbert, Florida was going all in for him. They still are. Um, they have about three, four staff members pursuing him. But it's, like I said, it's a wait and see right now. You would have thought by now Florida would have filled that wide receivers role. I know they're comfortable with David Doker, the assistant wide receivers coach. He's playing a huge role in pursuing Robinson, too. So there is a level of familiarity right there. But on some of these wide receivers, they have Florida on the short list. They really like them. But they're kind of hitting pause a little bit with Robinson being one of them. All right, let's move on to four-star safety Jordan Pride at IMG Academy, the number seven-ranked safety in the country. Now, he's been committed to FSU since July of 2021. We're coming up on nearly his two-year anniversary of committing to FSU, but his commitment's on thin ice. Can the Gators flip him? Definitely. I think Florida has the best shot as far as the school flipping him from Florida State. You know, I would say they've had the most momentum over the last several months, but and I kept saying, you know, it's been a long time since he's been in Tallahassee, but he's visited Florida several times in that span. But then this past weekend, he got Tallahassee, so... It's going to be very interesting. I mean, the same type of thing. I think three, four months ago, I was leaning towards Florida being able to flip him. I still do. I still think he's the most likely flip candidate for the Gators right now. But, you know, Florida State, they're recruiting very well. They just got back on campus, and they're the last school to kind of be in his, in his ear. And, you know, Florida didn't get an official from him. Obviously, Florida State, I'm sure he's going to take several official visits, not just going to be those two schools, but when it comes down to the very end, I think it's going to be an FSU and Florida battle, and Florida's right there knocking on the door. They definitely have a yeah. role. He'll try to flip that, flipping pride from FSU. Always important to flip those rivalry targets. Uh, thanks for mm-hmm. keeping us updated on Florida's most important targets in 2024. But I want to talk to you about a little bit about NIL before we get out of here. The Jaden Rashada situation put Florida's NIL in the spotlight at the end of the 2023 cycle. Has anything been done to kind of correct this? And can NIL be a weapon for Florida moving forward? 
Yeah, I think other than Rashada, they've done a fairly good job. It's kind of like you learn from your mistakes. It was just one of those situations where even from the beginning before he committed to Florida, it was back and forth. You know, people thought Miami didn't have a shot, and they did. And it was just – it was a very interesting battle, and we all know why with NIL, how it all played the biggest factor. But I think Florida overall, they did a pretty good job, and I still think it's not going to affect them in 2024. You look at a lot of the other kids they signed from the 2023 class – a lot of those kids had NIL toward the top of their wish list as well. So I think you kind of learn from your mistakes. I mean, it was a high, it was their first high profile NIL deal. And mm-hmm. obviously it didn't go in favor of that. You know, it definitely kind of left a scar in the program from a recruiting standpoint, I would say. But I think overall, I know obviously the gear collective, the Gator Guard, they're still well regarded with a lot of these kids. They're doing a good job of you know, kind of putting those deals together for a lot of these prospects and signings. So I wouldn't read too much into it. I, I think they're going to learn from that Rashad situation, and I think they're going to do for 2024 class when it comes to that. All right, Corey Bender, who is the most important recruit for UF in 2024? Yeah, and I think a lot of people would say, hey, like, you know, they, you would go to an uncommitted guy, but I think Derek Lagway, I think there's no question about it. I think with his with being a five star quarterback, and I think a lot, a lot, like you said, Chance Robinson, a lot of these wide receivers. That's one of the first things they mentioned is, you know, they they have an elite quarterback in the class. And after missing Rashada last cycle, his commitment's even more important now. I think if you would if you would have held on to Rashada, obviously you want to have Lab in the class. He's a five star quarterback. He could be a, you know start several years in Gainesville, but I think he's the glue of the class. He's the face of the class when it comes to recruiting as well, and. You know, for some, you know, over the weekend, he, he mentioned that for his only visit, he has scheduled. He's coming back for the spring game. TCU's recruiting on some other schools, but he's locked in with Florida, doesn't plan to take any other visits. And as long as that continues, I think, you know, Florida's going to have a shot at finishing very high in the rankings. The thing I'm interested in seeing is this fall. You know, a lot of people kind of expect Florida to kind of have a middle-of-the-road type of season. It could go either way. Does he look at it as far as a negative, you know, as far as, man, do I want to join this program? Or – is that, hey, I can come right in. I think I can be the face of this program. I can change everything. So it's going to be interesting, you know, seven, eight months from now, how everything plays out. But I think no doubt about it, I think Lagway is by far the most important recruit for Florida this cycle. Yeah, I mean, Billy Napier got a top three class right now. The main reason why, Derek Lagway. And you're right, he's going to help recruit. We'll see if UF can finish top five, at least top 10 in 2024. Corey Bender, thanks for joining the Inside Scoop. Yeah, thanks a lot, Josh. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for watching. Make sure you smash that subscribe button for me. And remember to check out all the videos on the On3 YouTube page.